Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee. This is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ with you. We're doing today's Front Row Knowles show. First look style, Keith, except we're not sitting in your car. But we're not in the studio. It is early signing day. We're at FSU. And by all accounts, and we'll hear from the head coach shortly, pretty good day for Florida State. I think Christmas came a little early, and I do mean that. Uh, I think there were some expectations when uh, Willie Taggart was let go. You take a snapshot at Florida State's commitments, and they were somewhere around 20, 18 in the country. Uh, Coach Norvell is announced four or five weeks later, and that slips with some decommitments uh, to maybe as the 26 or 30 range. And now, uh, as we'll develop uh, in this show, uh, a couple of surprises and the ability to hang on to those that remained. Uh, I think those surprises would qualify as a Christmas gift, and the ability to hang on to those prior commitments uh, shows their allegiance both to Florida State and to their ability to to receive and, and accept this new coaching staff as limited as it's put together under Coach Norvell. And, and I think in everything, when, when everything's said and done, Today, Tommy, I think is going to go down as a pretty significant day in Florida State in terms of recruiting, regardless of what that final number might end up looking like. Uh, I really like the way this class has been put together. The biggest part of the story is obviously quarterbacks. Two quarterbacks signed with Florida State today, and they were two that weren't even on FSU fans' radar as of a week ago because Jeff Sims was, who had committed to Willie Taggart. Taggart never signed a high school quarterback in his two years here. And now Mike Norvell has done signed two in 10 days here. So that's, that's going to be a big part of the story. Obviously, we'll have to see how their careers develop. But a lot was made about Jeff Sims, and we'll talk about this with Pat Burnham, our Osceola insider, in terms of being committed, being a cheerleader to FSU for a while, and then he gets a visit, gets to meet uh, Coach Norvell, and we don't know what was said, but at, at any rate, he opens up his recruitment and he ends up signing with Georgia Tech. My takeaway, uh, based on what limited conversation I've had, and I've not discussed it with Coach Norvell, and I've not discussed it with Jeff Sims, so I wasn't present. But what it appears, based on what some of Sims' people said and some of the things that have been reported out of Jacksonville, is that without another commitment in his pocket, Coach Norvell sat down with Jeff and said, listen, here's how it will work, but it is my opinion that you don't fit my offense as well as you might fit some others. And for him to say that without anything else in his back pocket, I think speaks volumes to transparency and honesty relative to you can believe what this coach tells you and you can bank on it. And he had the guts to do that six, seven days in the job, whatever whatever day it was. And, and again, repeating myself, that speaks volumes to me about integrity and transparency from Coach Norvell. If you're going to have to have a difficult conversation, you can have it sooner or later, but you're going to have to have it, and it's a lot better to have it on the front end. So that said, you know, I don't want this to be about Jeff Sims. He signed with Georgia Tech. It's, it's more about the two kids who signed in terms of high school quarterbacks, and we'll hear from Coach Norvell about them shortly. But, but that alone feels like just a differentiation from where we've been the last two years to come in in 10 days and say, okay, and, and lo and behold, you got two quarterbacks. And, you know, one of them – you hear mixed things. You hear mixed things on all the kids. 
but put up big numbers this past year in, in Valdosta, which is a pretty good football town and school. And the other one's a four-star from Arizona who's coming across the country. So, I mean, I, it's not as if these were, were cast-offs that nobody was interested in. I mean, it's a pretty good statement. And to be fair, these were kids that Coach Norvell and his staff had been familiar with. They had been recruited by uh, Coach Dillingham, the offensive coordinator, at his prior position. So it wasn't like it was brand-new relationships. Pardon me, but they were able to build upon that prior relationship, stress the importance and the significance of Florida State and what they were trying to build here, and convince at least these two kids, along with some others that we'll talk about with Pat, uh, to come to Florida State in this, this renaissance, as we're now calling it, with FSU football. Okay, let me set up the show for today. We're going to hear from Coach Norvell here momentarily. Segment two will be joined by Patrick Burnham from the Osceola, and he'll break down some of the, the stars or potential stars in this class based on the tape that he's watched, and Pat's an expert on it. Uh, then we'll come back and we'll hear a little bit more from, from Coach Norvell as there's a lot to discuss on early signing day. Then Keith and I will wrap things up later on. I guess we should talk a little basketball. Another win last night for the Knowles. And uh, we'll do that over the course of the next hour. But uh, that said, let's listen into the press conference. This was late this afternoon as coach Mike Norvell met the media. All righty. Well, first off, appreciate everybody being here. Um, you know, it's an exciting day. Uh, this is one of my favorite days of the year. It's a, it's an opportunity to, uh, to, to bring additions into the uh, Seminole family. Uh, it's a, it's a great day. It's been a, a incredible last, uh, week and week and change. And, uh, you know, been able to get into a lot of homes. Um, you know, obviously a lot of high schools, uh, you know, being able to have the opportunity to, uh, to, to, to spread the vision of Florida State football, the, the vision of not only where we are, but where we're going. And, uh, you know, I've got to start off by, by giving uh, you know, great thanks to our administration, to our coaching staff, uh, to our current players, to everybody that was involved this weekend uh, on our, on our uh, official visit weekend from the, from the, pre- the professors, um, you know, to everybody on campus, to all of Tallahassee for, for uh, you, know, you know, being showcased as a wonderful place that it is. Um, it, was, it, was a, uh, it was a great weekend. And to be able to host a lot of the uh, you guys that were committed, uh, you know, obviously some official some some targets that we had, and uh, you know it all came all came uh, you know, into effect today. You know, being able to add 15 guys uh, at this time into our football family uh, was pretty special. And uh, you, there were some there were some signing day surprises. Uh, you know, there were some uh, you know, uh, some celebrations. Uh, but I, I absolutely believe that the 15 young men that have uh, joined our program uh, are a wonderful fit for what we're looking for, and uh, you know, you know, a group of young men that want to be a part of a family uh, in, in a culture uh, that is that is truly special. And so, um, you know, to, to to go through you know some of the the highlights of it, um, you know, we wanted to, to first and foremost, uh, you know, you know, be able to address uh, a need at the quarterback position. Right now, we have two quarterbacks on scholarship. Uh, you're very excited about both of those young men, uh, but to, to, to go out and get to what I believe are two of the best quarterbacks in, in the country in this year's class, uh, young men that are, are uh, a tre- tremendous fit, uh, you know, being able to get Tate and Chubba uh, to to come together, uh, you know, and and uh, and both sign here today, you know, in, in December, it's a uh, uh, it is a definitely a dynamic group, and uh, um, you know, obviously Chubba coming from from the state of Arizona, you know, is a, a highly uh, highly sought after and uh, um, you know you know highly. Uh, 
you know, publicized recruit. Uh, you know, I think he's a four-star, pretty much a consensus four-star, uh, you know, quarterback. Uh, you know, very talented young man. Uh, you know, I think he bring he brings uh, you know a little bit of everything to the table. He's got a great arm strength. Uh, you know, uh, uh, incredible accuracy. You know, has, has the ability to to uh, you know to be able to carry the football. You know, he's he's a well-built young man, physically developed. Uh, but I think the things that separates him is is really the 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 IQ. His his football IQ, his understanding of the game. Uh, you know, he's the younger brother of Brock Purdy, who is the starting quarterback at Iowa State. Um, you know, he's a family that I've known for uh, for a long time. Uh, Coach Dillingham has known for a long time, just from my time at, uh, when I was at Arizona State. Uh, there was a lot of familiarity there. Um, you know, but I'm excited to be able to have him join the program today. Uh, you know, you know Tate. You know, being for right right down the road there in Valdosta. Uh, you know, once again, another another young man that's extremely talented. Uh, you know, you know, I think he completed close to 70 percent of his passes. Really high touchdown uh, touchdown interception ratio. Uh, you know, is a, is a is a great leader. Uh, unbelievable potential there in front of him. The, the son of a coach. And once again, that football IQ is something that uh, uh, that has me excited. Uh, you know, having him this having him here, uh, you know, this past week was uh, uh, was was really you know great for everybody involved. He had a, he had another official visit you know stacked up uh, on the back end of it, but after two days uh, being here in Tallahassee, you know, he canceled that trip and decided that this was home, and so uh, was was definitely a, a big get for us. Um, you know, we wanted to be able to address the offensive line. Uh, you know, it was a um, you know, that is a that was a a need for us, and it's going to be. You know, there's still there's still a couple of spots that we're excited to fill, and and what we're looking for there. Uh, but uh, you know, to be able to announce today uh, that Zane Herring. And uh, Thomas Schrader, uh, you know, joining our joining our program. Both young men that are kind of cut from the same cloth. Uh, you know, you know, tough, physical, smart. Uh, you know, absolute. Uh, uh, you know, uh, desire to to play the game the way it's supposed to be played with the physical mindset and, and attitude. Uh, you know, those guys were both here this weekend and just uh, really enjoyed seeing seeing the camaraderie that they have. I think both guys have an opportunity to come in and, and be able to compete early in their career. Um, but uh, you know, definitely uh, we're able to to check all. All the boxes and what we were looking for, and to be able to solidify them here for this first signing class was big. Um, you know, you know, kind of transitioning there to the to the tight end position. Position Carter Boatwright, um, you know, is, is is really what we're looking for. I mean, a, a young man has great size, uh, great potential here with with uh, you know w- with what he we believe he can develop to become. Uh, you know, not only as a run blocker, but uh, you know, what he can do in the in the uh, in the passing game. That is going to be a big staple of our offense, utilizing backs, tight ends. Uh, you know, tr- you're trying to, to find the best matchups possible uh, week in and week out you know being able to address that need with Carter was something that uh, you know that we wanted to to, to, to emphasize and uh, you know we thought that he was a, he was a right fit for, for what we were looking for um, you know looking at the at the running back position uh, you know obviously there is a there is a uh, there is a need there um, you know and and for us, that is a that is a position that we'll continue to address uh, throughout the recruiting process. Uh, but to, to start off today by getting one of the best best running backs in the country, uh, a guy that uh, you know I believe has a chance to be a superstar here in his future, and Lawrence uh, uh, Tolafili, uh, he is a he's re- a, a remarkable young man. And uh, having him here this weekend, uh, it was it was special. And uh, you know to watch him, how he interacted with the uh, with the with the other recruits, you know the confidence which he carries carries himself with. Um, you know the the skill set that he shows. Um, you know not only you know running the football, but you know being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you know he fell in love with this offense the first time that he saw it, and uh, he's done a lot of research on on me and on my past. And I, I could not I could not be more excited. I think he is a perfect fit uh, for what we're looking for. 
Uh, and then the position that I thought was, uh, you know, just an, it had an incredible day at was the wide receiver position. Uh, you, know, you know, obviously there's a, we have a, a great group coming back uh, here this next year, but I think that we were able to address some 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 needs at that position uh, to be able to get guys like uh, you know Brian Ro- uh, Robinson. And then uh, Ken Trompoyer, uh, you know, was were two big time were two big time needs. Uh, you know, great uh, you know great young men that are that are coming into our program. I believe there will be a couple of others that uh, you know join here in the next few days. But uh, you know, those two guys, you know, on signing day uh, to uh, to make their their commitment and sign here at Florida State. Uh, those guys have incredible futures here in front of them, and we're definitely we're excited to add them to the to the uh, uh, Seminole family here this week. And uh, you know, to be able to jump in and build those relationships in such a short period of time, uh, you know, I was definitely grateful to their families for giving us the opportunity and for their choices uh, to become Seminoles. Uh, flipping over the defensive side, I think this is a, a great start to the class, um, you know, starting off, uh, you know, up front. Um, you know, a young man that had been committed, uh, you know, for a while throughout the process. Um, you know, you see Josh Griffiths, uh, you know, was a, um, you know, he's a young man that loves Florida State. And, uh, you know, throughout this process, throughout change, uh, or throughout, uh, you, know, you know, obviously a coaching change, you know, there were some things that, uh, um, that, that brought question, brought concern. And, you know, he had, he had decommitted, uh, but, uh, you know, he gave us an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I'll forever be grateful for that. Uh, he is an incredible young man, plays with a great motor coming from IMG. Uh, you know, he plays fast. Uh, you know, he's physical. Um, you know, has the skill set to, to come in, I think, compete early in, in his career. He was excited about some of the transitions that we're going to have defensively, uh, you know, going from a little bit from the three down front to a four down front, you know, being able to get those edge, those edge defenders is going to is going to be big. It's going to be a, a big priority for us. And Josh definitely fits the bill in, in every aspect. But, uh, you know, being able to get him on campus this weekend, and just see the joy and the excitement that he has. Um, you know, that was a that was a big time, a big time addition uh, for us today. And, uh, you know, we definitely had a lot of celebrations going on in our staff room uh, when that announcement was made. Uh, you know, working working inside, looking at Manny Rogers. Uh, you're probably one of the most impressive, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, builds of, of any player in this class. Uh, you know, I walked into the high school and you know, it actually startled me when I walked up on him how big he was and you know just the athleticism that you see on film. Uh, you know, Coach, uh, you know, Coach Odell Hagens did as good of a job recruiting and identifying that young young man early in the process. Uh, you know, you know, uh, Odell was you know telling me when I got here he believed that this was the best defensive lineman in the state of Florida. Uh, you know, after seeing him, after getting to know the young man. Uh, um, you know, I, I I absolutely agree with him, and I think Manny is a young uh, is, is a is a player that will be able to come in, and just because of his size, his physicality, of what he's able to do, where we think that he will have a chance to to be able to contribute early. Obviously, we have some guys in front of him, uh, you know, that are that are a little bit uh, more experienced that will be able to, sh- to kind of take him under the under their wings. Uh, but uh, we we absolutely believe that uh, that he's got a special talent and a great future here in front of him. Uh, go kind of working back to the linebacker position. You know, obviously, we're extremely excited about Stephen Dix Jr. Um, you know, you know, much like Manny, probably one of the most uh, you know physically impressive uh, you know you know young men that are coming in as freshmen. He'll actually start here in a few weeks as an early graduate. Um, you know, and and this young man is is all ball all the time. Uh, you know, you know, being able to sit down uh, with the, with his high school coaches. Uh, you know, he comes from Dr. Phillips High School, and you know, every person in that school, uh, their faces light up when you talk about Stephen. Uh, just the impact that he made within the program. 
program. Uh, you know, was a four-year starter. Uh, you know, just uh, you know the, the the things that he was able to do on the field, but the, also the impact that he was able to make off of it. Uh, you know, we think that he has a, a special talent. He's gonna he would he too uh, was definitely excited about the transition of what we're gonna do defensively uh, to be able to let him run sideline to sideline and be very aggressive in, in his uh, in his mentality of attack. Um, you know, we're excited about being able able to add Stephen. You know, as, as well as uh, Jayon uh, McCluster, uh, you know, another great a linebacker that possesses great size, speed, athleticism. Um, you know, he was here this weekend. You know, those two guys were there together, and you know, that's what we want our linebackers to look like. You know, you know, both you know both guys that have great stature. Um, you know, you know the speed, athleticism, but also uh, you know guys that embrace the 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 uh, the intellectual side of the game. Uh, they they were they were uh, you know definitely um, you know above and beyond what you would expect from a high school senior when we got a chance to talk with them and which is going to provide both those guys a great chance to come in and be able to compete early coach norvell getting it done early on and uh you know i think the biggest key as we wrap up this segment keith is you held on to what you had and that allows you to focus on some of the other needs and the areas where you're deficient over the next couple months and those areas obviously will be uh, probably centered around the transfer portal and a graduate portal uh, because you'll probably reach out take a look and, and maybe fill a specific need with a specific kid for a specific year uh, but but bottom line is you've got to build your program they talk about building the, 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 the NFL teams through the draft and not through free agency you've got to build your program through your recruits not who you have transfer in and I think uh, coach Norvell and his staff are to be applauded for the foundation they've laid here in the early going and we're not done there'll be a couple of other three that get added and then you've got February with whatever cleanup work you want to do all right have you finished all your holiday plans yet because regardless, you need to add BLT dip into the mix for the holidays. And Madison Social is the place to go for that. You can go ahead and, you know, why spend the holidays in the kitchen if you can just call Madso and they can get the BLT dip prepared for you? Uh, that's really the, the only it's, – it's BLT dip. Do I need do to say you, anything else? Do you prefer crackers or chips? Yes. Put both options out, just as long as there's BLT dip, and I'm good. Thanks to Madison Social, and uh, it'll make your holiday. It'll take your your Keith. I know in your household, it's already an A plus party because Kathy's handling all the work in the kitchen. But this will be an A plus plus party if you just bring home some BLT dip. And it feeds itself right into my strength, which is to go and pick up and bring home and eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm speaking for me on that one too. Take a break. Come back. Get back to recruiting. Patrick Burner from the Osceola joins us right after this on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ with you. It is uh, National Signing Day, at least the early signing period. and It's a period, not a day now, although most of the work gets done today. We don't have to open up the Earl Bacon Agency hotline because our next guest is standing by, but I'll remind you the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. Patrick Burnham is our Osceola Insider this week, and Patrick has kept a close eye on recruiting for a number of years, has worked on the other side of it, in fact, uh, 
professionally over the years too. And Patrick, for 10 days in, I don't really know how you could classify this or qualify this as anything but a, a resounding success for, for Coach Norvell. Yes, uh, obviously Coach Norvell and his staff are off to a great start to do what they've done with this recruiting class, not only to keep the commitments that they had before they came in, but also to go out and add a couple of quarterbacks, a punter, and a receiver that they were not anticipating get, uh, getting. It says a lot about uh, his ability to recruit, a lot about his desire to get out there and get it done, and uh, I think they've done a heck of a job held on to guys who were committed and somehow got two quarterbacks to sign today, which given that Florida State's not signed a, a high school quarterback in the last couple of years, that was pretty big. I think it's huge, and uh, as Keith and I were talking about before we came on the air, I think what makes it more impressive is that in a day and age where kids will not go and compete, they will transfer out of a program. The, the fact that Coach Norville was able to sign two in the same recruiting class, I think says volumes about him as a recruiter and the vision he's selling for the program and the same thing with Coach Dillingham, who is obviously involved in the recruitment of the quarterbacks. Pat, you were taking me through some tape uh, prior to us sitting down and, and recording this and, and we were looking at strengths and weaknesses between the two. Contrast them for us. For those that, that may not know about them, what, what, what do they bring to the table? Well, obviously, they got a signature from Chubba Purdy from Perry High School in Gilbert, Arizona, and Tate Rotomaker from Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, Chubba is more of a dual-threat quarterback, and Tate is more pro-style. Now, both guys have tremendous arms. Uh, Tate's a little bit more technically or fundamentally advanced. He does a great job of setting his feet in the pocket, transferring his weight when he throws, and he throws a really good deep ball he's got the ability he's got a really strong arm he can rip it he can fit it in tight windows he can also throw it with touch and he does a great job on his deep balls of making sure his receiver is the only guy that's got a chance to catch the ball i was very impressed with his accuracy he makes quick decisions and of course at six four has great size uh chubba great passer uh not as technically oh, hold on great name first of all well, i mean let's yeah. let's state the obvious yes and i think uh well, you're going to hear this a lot probably in the next couple of days, but I think Coach Norval had a pretty good start to his tenure <laughs> at Florida State. But, yeah, Chubba Purdy, more of a dual-threat guy, threw for over 3,300 yards, ran for over 1,000, accounted for 52 touchdowns this season as a senior. Uh, like I said, not as fundamentally sound throwing the ball uh, as – Rotomaker is, but certainly impressive. Again, strong, strong arm. Uh, has ability to make by time in the pocket without running. He, you know, he's not always going to run the ball when he, he's going to look downfield, but he's also accurate when he is scrambling and trying to throw the ball and obviously very accurate on his underneath throws as well. But uh, very impressed with both of them. Uh, obviously, Purdy is the higher-ranked guy. He's a four-star versus a three-star in Rotomaker, but I think Florida State's got two good quarterbacks to work with next year. Just to finish up the quarterback conversation, Jeff Sims, there, a lot was made of the visit last week, when, and he had been committed for a number of months, not just committed, but really was a cheerleader for this Florida State class. Ultimately, he signs with Georgia Tech today. What's your sense on what was conveyed in that visit? Because what recruits have said seemed to be that, uh, you know, Coach just puts the cards on the table and he, he's pretty frank in what the discussion is. Well, I'm sure there was some kind of, you know, obviously we weren't there, so we don't know, but I'm sure there were some things about how Jeff fit into this offense that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different than what Kendall was going to run if he was here. Now, obviously there's high, t fast tempo, but as you heard Dillingham say in his press conference last week, they are a pro-style attacking offense. So I think that might have had something to do with it. Then, of course, as we've talked about with Florida State's ability to sign two quarterbacks in this class, 
you know, how big a factor did the competition, knowing that Coach Norville was going to go out and sign another quarterback in a day and age where kids do not want to compete for the job, uh, how big a factor that had in it. But I think there was probably a variety of reasons why at the end of the day. I don't think it was any one specific reason. As we change gears, Pat, talking about competition, uh, you mentioned the wide receivers. There were two or three kids that you knew about and then a surprise. This, this is a pretty talented group of wide receivers that Florida State will introduce. Yeah, they really are. I mean, you've got great size. Uh, I'm assuming that Michael Weidman, uh, Mike, Malachi Weidman uh, signs today or tomorrow, whenever. Uh, you know, he's great, great size, 6'5", got really good hands. And, of course, the surprise of the day was Brian Robinson from Miami. Um, Smaller guy, they list him at six one. He's probably not really six one, but you know he complements the other two receivers well. You know now you got two outside receivers, and you know he looks to be more of a slot guy, but he's very smooth, uh, has breakaway speed. That's kind of deceptive speed. You know doesn't look like he's running as fast as he is, but uh, very good hands and uh, makes a lot. Make can has the ability to make people miss. Uh, and then of course you got Kentron Portier out of Miami Palmetto, another kid that's got great size at six three two hundred. And, you know, now you got some guys on the outside that are going to be mismatches against smaller corners. And, of course, obviously that translates into the red zone. And, you know, I think that a guy like Weidman, who really had an impressive season and I th he was out here at camp in the summer, uh, you know, he's a guy that might be able to come in and play right away. And, uh, and I don't know as much about Kentron, but obviously he is a, an impressive He's got he's got really soft hands and uh, like I said both the guys have great size and then of course you got the change of pace over there with uh, Brian Robinson. So the easy way to look at this is to say that Ron Dugans was retained because he was in with several of these receivers. So how much of that decision by Norvell you think was based on that? Because he really doesn't know Dugans as a coach right. at this point. Well, you know, Ron's got a great reputation as a coach, and he's a very solid recruiter. Uh, I've known Ron for a long time, and I've always been impressed with him as a coach. And, uh, you know, I've followed his career from South Florida to Miami and obviously back to Florida State. And, you know, you've heard a lot of – you've heard Coach Norvell talk about relationships. Relationships are everything. And, you know, in recruiting, that's exactly what it is. You've got to go out there and build the trust and confidence in these kids. And, you know, um, if, you can, if you can bring the best kids in, there's a spot for you on somebody's staff. All right, let's uh, continue to talk some recruiting here. Florida State, I think at one point in this class, might have had three running backs committed. They certainly had two committed for a while. Ultimately, they've signed one thus far. Uh, in, in Toa Feely, who's, who's pretty good. I, I wouldn't think that they're done there. That's not to say that there's another high school kid out there so much as to say that I, you know, I don't follow the transfer portal closely, but every time I see somebody's name up there, it's a running back from somewhere. So there's running backs in the portal. Yeah, and I think obviously uh, to bolster the roster, you're going to see this staff uh, attack the transfer portal and the grad transfers. Obviously, there's still going to be about six weeks to go until the next signing day pops up. And so, uh, again, you might have a coach that's hired bring in some guys that he's been recruiting, just like uh, Coach Norville and Coach Dillingham and uh, Coach Fuller did. So I do think you'll see another running back at it. Obviously, Cam Akers going pro. Uh, and then, of course, you don't know really what's going on with LeBorn. So I think they do have to get at least one other running back in this class, if not more. The elephant that we always ignore is the, is the big uglies up front. Yep. And you and I were talking that – you know, maybe the, the transfer portal and or the graduate transfer can serve some immediate needs, but, but two or three kids sign one, one a local kid over in Madison that, that are pretty typical. I'm going to go all the way back and talk about the their, their Wayne McDuffie type of 
offensive linemen. They're big, they're broad, they're wide. They may not be the fastest, but they're kind of ornery. They kind of country. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're kind of uh, will fight you before I can out technique you. Yep. And that might be something that Florida State needs added to their OL. Oh, I think they definitely need uh, some toughness up front and obviously some ability. Uh, you know, um, very impressed with Zane Heron. He is a tenacious blocker. He's got some development work to do in the weight room. But uh, as you mentioned, just get after you. He'll, he likes to stay locked onto his blocks. He likes to get you to the ground. Uh, he's huge at 6'5", 300 pounds. Then you go to Thomas Schrader, uh, a little bit smaller guy who plays tackle in high school, but is probably going to transition to center or guard in college. Again, Physical run blocker, finishes blocks. Very impressed with his tenacity uh, and how he gets after people. I mean, he wants to – He, you can tell he's a guy that likes to get into the film room and see I pancake that guy. So very impressed with them. And, then of course, uh, you know, the guy that has not signed yet that I think is going to be a heck of a player, has a chance to be a heck of a player, is Lloyd Willis from Miami Killian High School. He's 6'7", 290. Uh, you will not find a better athlete in this recruiting class. It's, I mean – at 6'7", 290, he could sign and might be the best athlete that Florida State signs in this class. Phenomenal feet, long arms, has only been playing football for two years. Organized football as a junior or senior is the first time he'd ever thrown on pads. Uh, he's got raw potential, but if he comes in and develops into what he's potentially could do, you're talking about a guy that could be an all-ACC performer and an eventual NFL guy if he lives up to his uh, ability. And he moved his signing until tomorrow, which I don't – there's not reason for concern there. Uh, just a no, – As far as, you know, from everything I can gather, he is still uh, committed to Florida State, and that shouldn't – I'm not expecting that to change over the next 24 hours. So, again, the transfer portal will come into play here. We're talking with Patrick Burnham, our Osceola insider, I should point out. Online at theosceola.com, encourage you to subscribe, six ninety five a month or seventy four ninety five annually. There was one more offensive line commit who uh, – you know, basically when he came in or when he had a, a conversation with the coaches in the last week, he opened his recruiting back up. Uh, and he may still sign in February if there's a spot, but it, it appears that he was more or less told that, uh, you know, they've got a log jam at the interior spot, guard and center, and they need more tackles. And, and so he might want to look around, and if there's a spot in February, they'll take him back then. Do, do you agree? Is that fair, A, and B, when the line has been struggling as it is, are you not better served just taking linemen? Well, I th I think you are, you know, obviously you got to take line. But also, uh, one of the factors, most of these guys that recruit when they project as an offensive tackle to me is Lloyd Willis from Miami. So you've got, and the other thing is, how quickly can you get that offensive line better just signing high school guys? So I think it's a numbers game, and obviously a coaching transition. Uh, you know, this is at the end of the day, this is a business, and some tough decisions have to be made by the coaches and the recruits. You know, uh, they've had people that recruits that have left the fold because of the, the turnover and staff, and then of course, you know, they're going to come in and do their own evaluation and decide what's right for the program. So there is a business side to this, and you hate to see any you know anybody have to decommit, uh, but the kid handled it very well. And you're right; I mean, they may come back in on him. It's not over yet with him, but uh, you know, he was a tough physical kid and a guy that I think was as far as being just physically developed and more maybe game ready I think Aktavich was that guy but obviously as we've heard coach Norville say many times uh, since he's been here uh, you know it's all about fit for him so you know I think he was trying to be honest with the, the young man from what I can gather and uh, you know unfortunately that's the way it worked out but as you said Tom you know they may circle back to him in February. All right all that time on the offense 
the defense uh, certainly had its challenges this past year too, injuries being one of them, quite frankly. And, and FSU did get good news that Janaris uh, is, Robinson's going to come back for his senior year. But who jumps off the page at you defensively? Because that's really where some of the bigger names in this class are. Well, uh, the two in the secondary really uh, jump off at me. Uh, I'm very impressed with Damari Tate, the cornerback from Freedom High School in Orlando. He's got a chance to be a true lockdown corner. He uh, is very good in run support. Uh, and, of course, has not. Prob you probably haven't heard his name as much because he's been committed so long. And so some people, you know, you pay attention to what's new. Uh, but he's very impressive. Then my favorite guy to watch is Jadarius Green McKnight. Uh, he's a safety. Um, I'm going to tell you what, he's physical. You can tell he loves contact. He is great in run support. He will come flying up from the safety position, and he covers a lot of ground. I think he's a guy that can come in along with Tate and compete for playing time right away. If he can't start on defense, I'm sure he'll play some special teams. But if you talk to me about all the guys that I'm going to get to see next year, that would be the guy that I cannot wait to see. Dare, dare I ask the question? Go ahead. Is he Derwin James? James like? Ooh, well, that's, that's that's. Did you just combine Derwin and James into one? Well, Derwin I was, James. I was trying to say James S, and it didn't come out right. <laughs> well, I don't. You know, listen. He's. I think he's got a chance to be a really good player. But Derwin James is uh, a generational guy. Um, you know, one of the best players I've ever seen at Florida State in the time that I've watched him over since 1985. I don't, want to put, I don't want to put that tag on him, but I think he's got a chance to be an impact player for Florida State. So, all in all, a grade of an A? Yeah, I think given all the circumstances surrounding the transition and coaching and really not having a staff set, they did this – uh, with three full-time, well, four full-time coaches by the time they got to signing day. Uh, and then, of course, you've got six other guys that are trying to help them build this class that don't know if they're going to have jobs. So I, I think that you would have to call it a overwhelming success uh, to this point in time. Side note, by the way, whatever date the Louisville game is is going to be circled for Louisville fans because uh, they lost two guys today to FSU because we didn't mention it. Defensive end is it is it Griffiths or Gris? But Josh Griffiths. Yeah, Josh Griffiths, who had been with FSU, spent a couple weeks committed to Louisville, and now is back. So that rivalry just intensified. Yeah, I think that uh, you know these recruiting battles do get personal. Uh, you know, I can remember uh, listening to my father, who was coaching at Florida State at the time, and Carl Franks, who was coaching at Florida at the time. They worked at USF together, and I remember listening to them talk about the battles they had recruiting uh, several receivers down in the middle of the state. And yeah, they they do get personal, and it's something that coaches remember, and uh, it'll get it'll get uh, Louisville's coaches fired up when Florida State goes up there next year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, those things happen. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what makes uh, recruiting fun. And, it's, you know, the coaches are competing just like the kids. So. A couple questions uh, not necessarily recruiting related or not recruiting related. Randy Clements got officially announced that he's at Ole Miss now, which begs the question, who's coaching the OL at present as they're practicing for the Sun Bowl? And then where's Kendall Bryles going to land? You know, uh, all great questions, and I don't know that I have the, the right answer, but, uh, you know, I would imagine that unless Coach Clement's GA has left to go to Ole Miss with him, I would think that he would probably take over the offensive line. Uh, obviously, is where they are in the season. Uh, if Kendall's going to coach the bowl game, he could coach the offensive line. You know, I mean, he knows uh, it's his system, so he would know it, but it would probably be done by committee if it's not done by a GA, and they'd probably do a lot more teamwork than they would individual work at this point. But uh, 
Go ahead, Tom. Uh, well, I was just going to add one of the things that, that I have come to understand because now this is the second time in three years and, and we saw a, 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 a exodus of coaches in 2012. Um, one of the things, that Tommy and Pat, that these guys do, particularly like Bryles, who's got additional time on his contract, he doesn't want to leave and resign because he forfeits any severance that he gets. And number two, they don't want to get the reputation of being a quitter. I, I remember when, when the, the staff left in 2012 and D.J. Elliott took another job, but he was kind of like the last man standing, and he ended up being the defensive coordinator when Florida State played in the Orange Bowl against um, Northern Illinois. And he did such a great job that, that that actually elevated him in the minds of some others because it was the first time he had the opportunity to be a coordinator, at least at, at a Florida State level. And I have every reason to believe that these guys, uh, Harlan Barnett, uh, Kendall, uh, some of the other guys, they'll be professionals for two reasons. Number one, there's a personal interest, i.e. their buyouts and their severance. And number two, their reputation. Because at the end of the day, these are still prideful people. And whether Florida State wins or lose, they still want their segment or their unit to perform well because that goes on their resume tape. And so whoever is out there, if they're new, they get an opportunity. If they're seasoned, they have a reason or several reasons to be professional about doing it. I don't worry about that so much as maybe some other people would. Final question for you, Pat. Is there, are there any names you're hearing out there that you think may get announced as new assistant coaches in the next 24, 48 hours, or maybe right after the early signing period ends on Friday? Well, I think that you will see some changes, you know, some names starting to pop up, if not tomorrow by the end of the weekend or certainly next week, at least announced, even if they're not on campus. But, you know, I think you might see a guy like Pete Limbo, who is was Coach Norville's social teams coordinator at Memphis, I think you might see him follow him down here. I've heard uh, Terrell Buckley's name mentioned as a possible defensive backs coach. If they carry five on the defensive side of the ball, uh, obviously they're either going to have the ability to have two DB coaches or two up uh, defensive line coaches. I don't know how he's going to split up the responsibilities, but those are the two names that I've heard um, recently. And uh, other than that, it would just be pure speculation if I tried to work my way deeper into the staff. Pat, great work as always. Uh, We'll let you get back to covering recruiting on the Osceola. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And as always, love joining you guys. And uh, it's been a heck of a year. And uh, hopefully we'll do this again some more before the next signing date. All right, sounds good. We'll uh, take a break, and uh, we'll hear more from Coach, Coach, Coach uh, Norvell. Easy for me to say, come on up if you're just tuning in. It is uh, the early signing period and uh, a good day for Florida State. More on Front Row Knowles right after this. You got me running, going out of my mind. You got me thinking that I'm wasting my time. Don't bring me down. No, 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 no. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by the Osceola, dedicated to FSU sports and fan experiences. Sign up for a free trial at theosceola.com or call 833-FSU-NEWS. Back 
back on Front Row Knowles. Early signing day uh, continues. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. We're going to hear again from Coach Norvell. Patrick Burnham with some good insight there. And I know what got you most excited about what he said is there's a safety who can play coming in. Well, uh, Nazel Dean has gotten me very excited uh, about what he's been able to do and obviously went down with that injury in the last part of the year. But, uh, you know, I, and, I, and I apologize for throwing out Derwin James, but of recent memory, that would be the benchmark of what you would want. Uh, and if this kid out of Miami can get close to it, you're exactly right. Uh, I like the fact that he said he would hit somebody and tap you as well as cover you. Uh, that speaks to the old school that uh, that I remember. But but overall, and we didn't spend a lot of time with Pat talking on the defensive side. That, you know, there are a lot of defensive backs that are coming back for Florida State that we haven't seen a lot of that that have an opportunity to continue to improve. So if you add a few to them, you get some linebackers in there. I think the one thing that uh, everybody would say uh, needs a little more attention. I think it'll get taken care of either through the transfer portal or or in February is some other bodies on the defensive front. Odell's going to need some help up there with that defensive line. But I, again, I'm very impressed with the receivers. Uh, I like the defensive backs. We talked all over about the quarterbacks. I mean, this is a pretty impressive recruiting class. Limited in number. Uh, I think they'll probably finish around, what, 18, 19, maybe 20 here in the early signing period when everything is said and done. But uh, it's an impressive list of kids, and I think Coach Norvell is very, very happy. And you're right. There needs to be more focus on the trenches. D-L-N-O-L. They got Manny Rogers today. They got Josh Griffiths to decommit from Louisville and wind up signing with FSU. But you need more bodies there, both sides of the ball, at least in our opinion. Let's let's take it from the head coach, though. He has a plan, and uh, let's listen again to Coach Norvell, who met the media late this afternoon. Uh, you know, kind of working ourselves back to the defensive backfield. Um, you know, the, the highest highest rated uh, uh, you know recruit in, in this class, and somebody that I think has an incredible future is uh, Demario Tate. And uh, you know, getting a chance to sit to to go by his high school, to be able to sit down and and uh, you know see his family, and just the the presence of the young man is is second to none. Uh, you know, you see the size, you see the speed, the athleticism, the versatility uh, that he had. You know, as a as a, you know playing receiver, playing defensive back, uh, the physicality that shows up. You know, things he can do in special teams. Uh, I think he's an all around player. He is a he is a, a young man that has a chance to be a superstar in his future uh, if he if he continues to progress uh, and and keep the mindset that he has uh, you hear in the the high school level to to obviously transition into here to Florida State um, you know just so excited about what he brings to the table um, and uh, you know has really been a, a a rock in this class and you know we're excited about what he does and will do uh, Jadarius Green McKnight. Um, you know, he is a, uh, you know, probably one of the most physical players in this class. Um, you know, he's, he possesses great speed. You know, a sub, uh, I think he's at, you know, been clocked at a 10 8, uh, 100 meter uh, guy that can go sideline to sideline. But, uh, you know, he definitely uh, has the right mentality. You know, very physical young man. I think he can play two to three different positions in our defensive backfield with the speeds and the speed and athleticism that he shows, but, uh, but also the mentality which he plays with. Uh, you know, he was, uh, he was the longest, uh, com- uh, the, the longest tenured commit in this class. I think he's been committed for over two years. Uh, there were a lot of schools that were trying to, to sway him to, to, to look at the other options, uh, but he stayed firm and, and decided you know, here the last couple of days uh, that he wanted to, to, wanted to end the process and uh, officially become a Seminole, and uh, you know, we're excited for, for the addition of him. And then you know, last but not least, uh, the young man that's going to have to travel the furthest uh, you know, is Alex Mas- Mastromano. 
uh, you know, coming from from Australia, and uh, we knew that there was a need for uh, for a punter in this year this year's class. I definitely didn't want to start the uh, the news conference talking about a punter because I hope we don't have to use them that much. But we're excited about the addition uh, of Alex, and uh, you know he possesses an incredible leg. Um, you know, getting a chance to know him and and uh, the the. The, the sense of, of purpose that he has to be great in all that he does is uh, is second to none in this class. The work that that's gone into it, um, you know, he's he's he has uh, uh, you've done an incredible job of developing in his skill set. You know, he's he's a mature young man. Uh, you know, is definitely excited to bring in his to bringing his game uh, to to Florida State, and I think he's gonna be a wonderful addition uh, to what we're doing here. So, uh, the, for the overview of the class, obviously we're very excited. Uh, you know, there are uh, some some key positions that we're gonna look at. You're here for the second signing uh, signing period. There will be some additions probably here in the next couple of days uh, as well. But um, you know, I could not be more pleased with what was able, what we were able to get done uh, here in such a short period of time. And uh, you know, I think it was the four or five additions that we were able to secure today was just uh, incredible for our program. And uh, you're definitely grateful uh, for everybody involved. And you know, like I mentioned, Coach Odell Hagens, Coach Ron Dugans. I mean, just uh, uh, that was. Uh, it was remarkable the job that uh, that those guys, Telly Lockett. I mean, those guys did a, a, a an incredible job. Uh, you know, since I've been here, uh, helping put us in a position to uh, to to sign a great class and what we're able to do. I'll open up to questions. We have Jakai. Oh, Jakai, is it outstanding? So one more. I told you there's gonna be a couple additions. Uh, you know, so uh, for Jakai Douglas, uh, receiver out of uh, Louisiana. Um, you know, this is a young man I've known since he was in the tenth grade, and he's been committed uh, to Florida State for for a while now. Um, and uh, you know, he's a he's a special talent. You know, he is uh, extremely quick, uh, has great burst. You know, is a, a versatile player that can play in the slot. I think there are some things that he could do possibly in the backfield. Uh, you know, we're going to utilize uh, you know more two back sets in in, uh, in what we're uh, you know what we're looking to to do here in the future. And so he's a guy that can uh, you know possess a great versatility and uh, and flexibility uh, to how we can uh, line him uh, you know throughout uh, throughout our throughout our offensive schemes, but uh, we feel like he's a dynamic playmaker that uh, he's got a great future in front of him. Coach, just talk about the last 10 days and getting here, figuring out what was on the board, who was committed, what the needs were, and kind of navigating those waters to lead up to today. Well, you know, it's, uh, you you have to, to, um, you know, truly get get a sense of the, of the priority per position. Um, you know, trying to get a sense of, of what we have in place on the roster right now. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of information, and uh, you know, trying to uh, to manage that. Uh, you know, I, I like I said, I had to give credit. You know, to, uh, Odell and and the and the staff, that, the recruiting staff that was in place to to, to go through that. It was you know, constant hours of, of evaluation, making sure that uh, we're able to de- identify uh, you know how each young man fit into what we were looking to do uh, here moving forward. And then you know, it came down to building relationships. The minute that I was that I was cleared to be able to recruit. I had I had I was working FaceTime. Everybody had a phone and everybody had a responsibility, and that was to get me in front of as, as many kids as possible to be able to talk about you know one who I am, and then two you know where we're going and uh, uh, the reception. Uh, has been incredible. Uh, you know, there's not enough time to give a recruiting sp- speech when you have 10 days. So all I try to do is just put my heart out there on the table. You know, you know, tell these young men why I do what I do, uh, the importance of their opportunity, and, and 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 how we see them within this this program. And you know, and I believe that it's it gives it allows us to build the foundation uh, to what what's going to be uh, there for their future. 
Coach, how, how quickly did you come up with a plan at the quarterback position, and how were you able to execute that in such a short time frame? Uh, that was it's challenging, you know. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, quarterback position is is a unique, uh, you know, every year in recruiting. Usually, those guys are, um, you know, make earlier decisions. Uh, you know, they are they you know they evaluate as, every aspect of of what they do. And so, you know, coming in here late in the process, um, you know, I believe that. Um, you know, there was a specific uh, specific need at, at that position of what we wanted to uh, to attract and you know what we were going to go after and um, you know to be able to get you know two two young men like Tate and Chuba, um, man, they're, they're, I think we hit an absolute home run and uh, you know those guys have been uh, been incredible. The amount of time that we spent uh, in that short period of time just getting to know them, uh, you know, obviously I've, I, I've the great thing about it is I've had a previous relationship just through past experiences with you know so many connecting pieces. You know, Tate we had offered uh, at my at my last institution. Uh, Chuba I've known of of and the family for a long period of time, and so uh, it wasn't it, it wasn't like a, a blind meeting, but uh, you know it was definitely a lot that went into the process, and uh, we were excited to to get both those young men. Do you think he gets to take a deep breath now, or I guess not because the signing period continues another two days, so you probably got to be combing everything because if there's somebody who was going to sign today and didn't. Hey, what do you know? Let's let's get let's get going. Well, not only that, or is there somebody that you believed was going to sign in February, and then messes up or changes his mind or anything in between and signs early with someone else? No, Tommy. I think one of the things I've found about Coach Norvell, and I haven't seen this, but I've had it suggested to me that there's 365 days in a year, 366 in a leap year, and he has a goal every day. So I don't. I mean, even when he takes vacation. He probably has goals about what time he wants to spend with his daughter versus what time he spends with his wife versus what time he spends with both of them versus the time he spends with friends. And and it sounds cruel almost. It sounds crazy. But that's how detailed and how organized at this level you really, really have to be. It's good news for FSU then. You know why? Next year's a leap year. Well, there you go. We get an extra day. Get an extra day for Coach Norvell to go to work. (laughs) All right, we'll come back and wrap things up on Front Row Knowles right after this. on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Final segment of Front Row Knowles, Tom and KJ on location at FSU today. Just listen to Mike Norvell and his press conference. General impressions? Uh, he is as upbeat as I think I am. Uh, my uh, excitement comes from reading and looking. Uh, his excitement comes from having studied some tape and talking. Uh, as he mentioned in the uh, in the press conference, uh, first day on the job, he's has a, a cadre of assistant coaches around him. They are on their phones reaching out to recruits and I can picture Norvell standing in the middle and and four or five or six coaches around him going all right I got so and so I got so and so I got so and so and he's literally 
taking phones and handing phones back as he talks with the recruits. I can only imagine how uh, interesting and how exciting at the same time that was and then see it come to fruition with the 16 kids now that uh, the kid from Louisiana is in. Uh, I think it's a big class. I think it's an important class. I think it's going to be a highly rated class, and I, I couldn't be more proud of and for um, Coach Norvell and his staff. Yeah, the Cliffs notes, he got two quarterbacks. He got everybody that was in the boat to stay in the boat. He found a little bit extra, including a punter that I don't think was on anybody's radar. And he mentioned uh, one more lineman, and that's Lloyd Willis, who's scheduled to sign tomorrow. So that's that's the, the sure thing. The, the one that's not – I'm not sure if he's going to wait. There's reports that he's going to wait, but that's the basketball football player, the two-way guy, Malachi Weidman. I don't know if they'll get him in in the next two days or if that will take till February. Uh, but he's every bit as good, probably better on the basketball court than the football field. So he, And, and by the way, and we'll transition to basketball on this, uh, if Leonard can somehow keep uh, Vassell and Patrick Williams around for next year – even though Trent's gone, and then bring in the highest recruit that FSU's ever had and Weidman's at FSU, that all of a sudden is a pretty darn good basketball team next year. Well, we saw an example of that last night. We, we saw Florida State play uh, probably their best half in the last half against Clemson, outscoring them 45-20, to 20, and then they came out after nine days off, a little bit of rust, um, didn't perform particularly well on defense, but after they went in an intermission, came back out at halftime, not a totally different team, but the team we're used to seeing and Florida State just pulls away from North Florida. And you're exactly right. A lot of talent on that basketball court that uh, competing priorities and trying to keep those personalities in check and, and so far so good on that realm. And how about those seven-footers inside? Well, and they didn't have much in terms of opposition. Really, Florida State got whatever it wanted <laughs> offensively. I thought, you know, it's a nondescript game. And I watched it from home, not at the Suck Tucker Center, but, but – Patrick Williams, effortless is the word we've used before, and he really had it all on display, whether it was inside, whether it was unbelievable passing, whether it's just an effortless three. I mean, you can see the ability there, even though I just lobbied for him to stay another year. I, I uh, liken him to Charlie Ward. I, I remember you know, when we were at games and broadcasting games with Charlie in, he'd be running, and, and Charlie would be looking like he's not straining, he's not trying, he's not running hard but yet nobody was catching him. And the same thing on the basketball court. Charlie had the great vision, which made him a great quarterback as well. But in the basketball court, that great vision and the ability to see. Uh, Patrick's got all that and then some. And I think his upside continues to be off the charts. And you're right, he makes it look effortless. And uh, for those of us that really struggled with what little bit of physical talent we had, <coughs> pardon me, it, it, we're kind of jealous of guys like that. He makes it look way too easy. Pretty big 10 days for Florida State across the board. You get your football coach, the signing class comes together, you sign some quarterbacks, both basketball teams rolling on. The women uh, play tonight. I'll have that broadcast. And then you and I will be uh, with the men's team in South Florida for the Orange Bowl Classic against, uh, I say in South Florida, in my neck of the woods where I grew up in the Fort Lauderdale area against the University of South Florida. And then we'll all take a holiday break. Uh, for only a couple of days, and then we'll get ready for some more basketball. We'll head out to El Paso, and before you know it, 2020 will be here. That's the way it rolls. Folks, uh, it's been a great year. Uh, maybe the one loss record wasn't what you wanted in football, but uh, a new era is underway. And so I'll just say happy holidays to, to those of you that invest in our show each week. We appreciate it. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Be safe and enjoy your families. Thanks to all our sponsors as well, and uh, we will talk to you 
Uh, well, from El Paso, actually. The game is on a Wednesday, and so immediately following, we will put together a show that uh, will air that night in the regular time slot on, uh, on New Year's Day. Till then, happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon on Front Row Knowles. Just a another break in the